0: This is Brucklery, and this is the Brucklery podcast. With me, as always, my producer and friend Ari David. Always a pleasure. I want to talk to you about um, something that I just stumbled upon: the Daily Journal, and that is a um, an article about this woman. I won't even mention her name. Um, an attorney, and it talks about her advocacy of what kind of uh, criminals you ask? Uh, child molesters. That's the kind of woman that, uh, the kind of attorney that she is. She, she protects child molesters. Now, look, I am somebody that believes that everyone has a right to a defense. I'm with you in every respect because, after all, if you are wrongly accused, even if you're wrongly accused of child molestation, you should have a defense to say, hey, I didn't do that, right? Likewise, I'm against murder, but if somebody is wrongly accused of murderers of, of committing a murder, then I want that guy to have a defense. However, if you do know that they've done it, and most of them have done this crime, the the issue for this woman attorney is not, and it doesn't matter whether she's a woman or not; she just happens to be a woman. It, it, the issue is not the fact that um, that she's representing. Child molesters. It's that she's representing them in making their lives better and improving their lot in life to normalizing, maybe not normalizing, but to um, gain greater acceptance of them so that they can move about society a little bit easier. What do I mean by that? As you know, a child molester, at least in California under Megan's law, has to um, announce his presence one way or the other, has to report himself. Okay, hey, here's where I'm living now, and uh, and so that people know that a child molester lives in that particular house. I think it's an appropriate law. She fights this kind of thing. Okay, there's there was a law in in a different city in California where um, child molesters were required during Halloween, for example, to post a sign on their front door saying, "No candy is to be provided." Uh, more or less go away. (laughs) Um, She fought that. This is the kind of representation that I think is despicable. Okay, this is where you can say, no, I choose not to represent you. That's very different than saying, hey, I didn't do what you said I did. I didn't touch that girl. Or if I did touch a girl, I didn't go all the way with that girl. I mean, you know, yes, it's wrong to some extent to touch her inappropriately, but I didn't have complete sex with her, for example, where I am being, you know, if, 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 the, if the accused is being accused fully with that. That's, that's very different, isn't it? And where you go about trying to make child molesters' lives easier and, and start advocating as if they are a class that, that has their own rights, What are you advancing? What what policy are you creating uh, among these people? Aren't you, in a sense, telling them, hey, you've got some rights here. And not only that, but aren't you, in a sense, saying, hey, the crime ain't so bad. Right? Because after all, it's not murder. That's true, it's not murder. Never mind, I think, in some ways, it's worse than murder. But it's, it's definitely not murder. And therefore... Uh, and they continue to live on the planet. Therefore, we should uh, make their lives easier. Okay. I, I don't like that signal. I, I like to think of child molesters as pariahs, as they should be, and they should be all their lives. Uh, now, whether they can function in society, whether they can uh, pay their price and such like that, um, you know, that's fine. They, they can live with themselves and live with God. Um, and, you know, assuming that they don't do anything horrendous like they did the first time, then, uh, you know, try to, to fit in as much as you can. But I think they should be apologizing all their lives. I think that they should be saying, look, uh, here's where I live. This is, I, I'm a sex offender, and your children ought to know that I am a sex offender. That's, uh, that's what they, they need to say. That's the way I feel about child molesters. Okay? That's what they need to be saying. Um, and, uh, I stick to that and I don't think I'm taking a very brazen position, but this woman is, it's, I don't know what has gotten into her. Um, there, the article correctly notes that those who do defend child molesters, typically they don't parade that around. They don't know they don't tell, tell the, the world, Hey, I got this child molesters case dismissed. Hooray for me. Isn't that great? You know, they, they don't do a Facebook posting saying, "Congratulate me!" I, I you know my my client was accused of uh, child molestation, and I I, uh, I prevented the uh, I got them off on a technicality because the prosecution didn't uh, didn't present X evidence or whatever. That is uh, that's not where you want to be. Now I'll give this to her. She's definitely found an area of law that nobody else seems to be doing. <laughs> And that gives her a lot of attention, <laughs> and maybe that, that gives her some business. But I, I don't know that that's what one goes to law school for. I don't think that, that's why anybody becomes a professional in any sense of the word. But, but this is one of my complaints of the, what's happening in the legal field, field, generally speaking. This is one of my concerns about it, is that when there are so many different kinds of lawyers out there, so many lawyers running around trying to chase this or that conflict – and they're willing to take on a, a representation of a case that they don't necessarily believe in, you end up with this kind of result. Uh, somebody who champions child molesters. Um, somebody takes on malpractice lawsuits uh, against doctors and lawyers and accountants just to see what kind of what, what kind of money they can shake out of their insurance carriers. I, I don't know that this that's the world we want to live in, but you know. I digress to some extent because I think that's an issue of, of our culture kind of constantly pushing kids into colleges and then law schools, and medical schools and such, as if there's no such thing as a trade school, or something else they could be doing with their lives. That's where we have it. Um, I, I'm I'm concerned about where we are heading. That's that's really it. That's the main point I want to make just now. Now I want to make a a little bit of a larger point in all this it seems as though the attitude is that child molesters deserve the chance to rehabilitate themselves that they can be rehabilitated that they they can become functioning members of society who no longer have the urge to to do the horrible things that they do and i'm sure that there are exceptions to that general rule but a child molester generally speaking means that they're that they have a uh, a certain sexual impulse that goes the wrong direction and that, unfortunately, they act on it. Uh, And it's very hard to keep them away from it. You might as well try to, you know, have a lion walk the street and expect him, not from time to time, to lunge at uh, a cat or a dog and try to eat that cat or dog or a small child. You know, you can hope that they don't, but... As a practical matter, over some time you're going to you're going to see repeat attacks if it's a lion. They're not domesticated; they're wild, and that's the way it works. And lost in all this is the the fact that we nevertheless expect the ability to say that they can cha- they can be rehabilitated. But when it comes to homosexuality itself, when somebody wants, for example, voluntarily. To go to counseling services to see whether or not uh, they can maybe subdue their homosexuality so they can gear themselves more toward the opposite sex. We we have a law in California that specifically prohibits that sort of therapeutic possibility. Do you know this, Ari? You're nodding your head. That's good. Uh, oh, I'm
1: sorry, I forgot it was recording. Yeah. <laughs> yes, yes, I do. I didn't know if right. you wanted me to say anything. No, it's fine. I
0: just, I, I just. It just, uh, and I got to give credit to a very liberal um, psychiatric slash psychologist friend of mine, actually distantly related to us. Uh, He's very liberal, as liberal as they come. But on this issue, he just cannot stand it, The, the very notion of trying to prohibit a psychologist or psychiatrist from giving services to somebody who really wants to explore whether or not he can change his sexual orientation. Or at least to to know how to appreciate the opposite sex instead of the same sex uh, he feels it 's a, a terrible infringement upon liberty, and I agree and not only that, but it seems to me that aren't you you know by, by, by demonizing this possibility of trying to seek a therapeutic way of, of changing your sexual orientation aren 't you in fact uh, running this underground? What if somebody's so repressed about his Homosexuality, and he wants to see what he can do. Maybe he's he just wants to look into it. Does, don't you demonize it more? Don't you make it more of a shameful situation for them? Their, their homosexuality. Why? Why should you? Why would you do that? And so, so you see the dichotomy here, Ari. On the one hand, the, the attitude toward a sexual uh, child molestation and other.
1: Is that they're fully rehabilitable. Yeah, that's
0: right. You can rehabilitate them all. But when it comes to homosexuality, well, that you can't possibly change it. And never mind. Never mind at all. <laughs> this is a separate argument. So, so first I want to point out the hypocrisy there, the crazy dichotomy. And then separately, you know, remember when you go to college and they tell you in all these kind of interesting forums and such that homosexuality is a spectrum. Right, it's not binary. It's not, you know, either you're homosexual completely and, or heterosexual completely. Yeah, it doesn't They'll,
1: fit the the Phil Robertson yeah <laughs> on-off switch
0: model. That's right. It's it's uh, they will tell you in college that there's a spectrum. It's a, a nice line, and you can fit somewhere along the line. And if you're more heterosexual, well, you're not as hundred percent heterosexual as you think. You might be ninety nine percent heterosexual. Sure. But you might be 80% higher sex. Yeah, but if we lock you in a Turkish prison after 10
1: years, who <laughs> knows what will happen? That's basically what they argue. Well, e- well that, know, that, that's true. But, no, but they'll affect even...
0: that gradation. Sure, but forget about the Turkish prison because that's a forced situation. But they'll say that you sometimes, you know, the, the classic bisexual who's, let's say, 50-50 just on that spectrum, right? Uh, he's attracted equally to men and to women. And so he fits right in the middle of that spectrum. And some may be slightly to the homosexual side, slightly to the heterosexual side. And they may have a fling here or there with the same sex. And, but by and large, they're, they're heterosexual. You know, they say it's the whole spectrum. Okay, but, well, if, if, if you accept that, and that's what we've been taught in college over and over again to accept. Well, what if you don't like where you are on the spectrum? Maybe, let's say, you're 60% heterosexual. And you have occasionally an interest in another man. Okay. Well, you don't like that. You, you for whatever reason, you don't want to have that inkling, and you just want to kind of have more of an interest in women. What's wrong with that? Right. I mean, it's not as if. Uh, <laughs> okay. So that's 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 point number two. Point number three is, and, and this is an obvious one, the most obvious one of of the, the three altogether is. They they tell you you shouldn't seek therapeutic services to help you become heterosexual, but they'll be glad to change your sex altogether, right? If you're a man, they can they'll change you into a woman. That they're willing to do. And the government will pay for it. And the government will pay, yeah, exactly right. And you don't have to go to the VA for it. <laughs> but but you you they will literally change your with surgery. Okay, I, I think that surgery is a lot more invasive and a lot more permanent than whatever a psychologist might do to you.
1: Yeah, right? but they do all the psychology first, the yeah, psychological oh, stuff, then the hormone treatments, and the drugs, and finally the final
0: right. cut, Proving, once again, that this is all political, this is all agenda-driven, it's designed to um, promote, um, well, homosexuality to some extent, to promote the, the, I wouldn't say glories of homosexuality. Well promote but the to,
1: alternative lifestyle over the normal lifestyle. Right. Yeah, uh, to, 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 make- to
0: mainstream it while at the same time debasing the notion of heterosexuality.
1: Right, because they're more than willing to give you therapy if you say, let's just pick a number on the scale, you know I'm 40% gay and 60% hetero. Right, on that I, line. I, I'm more than, I, I, they're more than happy to allow you to seek therapy to move more to the gay side of the spectrum. Very interesting point in all this. It's a good point. If you went to yeah. a psychologist... If they, if they invert, the, the, the law doesn't work in the inverse. That's, that's, that's right, and point. it's a great
0: point. So so, let's say you're a heterosexual and you tell your psychologist, hey, you know what? I, I want to be gay. No, no, no. Oh, Hear yeah. me out. Okay. You want the psychologist to say, hey, you know what? I'm as heterosexual as they come and uh, I just love, you know, my, my thoughts go wild whenever I see a cute girl. But I got to tell you, there's this guy and he, uh, I don't know, I just have funny feelings whenever uh, he walks by. I kind of want to I, I imagine myself uh, kissing him. And 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 then they, what, what do you think psychologists will, will say then? Well, John,
1: have you, you thought? Explore that. Let's
0: explore that a little bit. That's interesting. Yeah, have you? Do you think he maybe you want to? Is he gay too? This this uh, fellow that you're interested? Yeah, I, I I believe he is. Does he know you like him? Do you? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> let's, let, yeah, it, it's right. I mean, I went to public school. I know how the therapy goes. <laughs> so, so exactly right. Does he know you like him? I don't think so. Well, why not? Why not give him a? a call and just tell them, hey, look, you know, uh, maybe we could uh, have some coffee and get to know each other a little bit better. Why don't you explore this? It's perfectly healthy, Johnny, to do this. And maybe you'll find that you like it. In fact, maybe you'll find that you're gay. And that's not such a terrible thing. Maybe you'll find you're more gay than you are heterosexual. And that you've been living a life that is not really consistent with what you think. I think you should do that.
1: And imagine the outcry from the liberal, the mm-hmm. left. Yeah. If- anyone ever and we're not but if anyone ever proposed banning that kind of
0: therapy right oh my gosh you're, you're absolutely it right. would be scorched earth right and that session that i that we just described this banter back and forth where hey johnny you might want to try this um you know that psychologist and 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 then i'm sorry you might want to try this and then the johnny you know he's nodding his head yeah thank you doc thank you so much you know what I, that that really feels very uh liberating to me i i i really appreciate that and i I feel good about that. Do you feel good about it, Johnny? I sure do. All right. Well, tell you what, we'll, we'll see you next Wednesday. And uh, you tell me how that turns out. Okay. All right. Thank you so much. And then that therapist goes home and he feels really good about himself because, you know, he just, he empowered, he, his empowered, he empowered somebody and it made him realize who he really was. And, you know, that's what he went to psychology school for. Right. So, um, you know, he's just opening up the doors for him to realize who he is. he's, Self, helping him self actualize. All right, so uh, of course, this is the absurdity. I mean, that's, that's not at all ups, an absurd scenario, right? The absurdity
1: if- is saying any form of therapy that a willing seeker of services wants is unavailable. Right. That's what, because we're, when you started talking about the lawyer who specialized in the molestation issues, who, and I think you need to specify, I think you were specifying, these are convicted. Yeah, th- th- these aren't defendants seeking court defense. This is post incarceration issues.
0: Post incarceration issues, okay. uh, and, and the issues for her, this woman, entirely is how do we make their lives better? She doesn't doubt, and, and, and there is no doubt that these guys did what they did. Yeah, so my point is even though we both have the same opinion of
1: the services she provides, we in no way would ever propose a law that says what she provides should not be available. There are people who want and need this service. that are more than free to seek it. We're, of course, free to judge it as, as the despicable service it is. But yeah. the, the, the point – now, um, my wife reads women's magazines. And a few months ago, she brought a very interesting article in one of them about a um, musician here in Los Angeles who's married with a daughter, male musician from like a punk rock band he decided to get his gender reassigned. He went through the whole procedure. And his wife, who's a woman, has decided to change herself into a lesbian because she loves the individual and doesn't care. It's one of those, I care what's between his ears and in his heart, not what's between his legs. Anyway, this is a perfect example of the therapy that you described or the transformation that we've described. Not only that a man... Uh, engage in a uh, complete change of
0: his gender, his wife had to completely change her sexual orientation. Right. It's a a bizarre uh, situation that we're dealing with. You know, a lot of this podcast is is showing inconsistencies and to some extent hypocrisies, right, of uh, left-leaning thinking. And I often think to myself, you know, we, we, you know, Dennis Prager, talks about living in, in an age of stupidity and I think to some extent he's right and I and we've talked about this before and I, I talk about it as the age of having to explain everything all over again and this is such a classic example of that that we really have to kind of get into the weeds of explaining why marriage is important why having a father and mother is important, not just a mother why having a sense of history is important um why we need to fight the bad guys, <laughs> right? Why we, you don't tell people why you're leaving the country and when you're leaving the country uh, that you're fighting. The, the, right. uh, the occupying army in a battle theater. Right. Uh, y- you know, why, the, why unions are not such a great idea after all. Why um, men and women should be different, why they are different and why they should be different and why we should embrace the differences as opposed to trying to make them the same. We have to explain these basics all over again, over and over again. And this is an example of what we're talking about, that the example you gave of the man who wanted to become a woman and the, the woman who decided to become a lesbian. And, and the, the oddest dichotomies of if a man w- wanted to embrace his homosexuality, uh, that they would be all over that and encourage him and, and uh, in fact, even encourage him more so than, than he might even be willing to be. He may, he may say, look, I'm just slightly bisexual. I just, I think I just want to have an occasional fling with another man once a year just to kind of get it off my... You know, like Brokeback
1: Mountain, a nice hunting trip, maybe <laughs>
0: camping. Yeah. Well, whatever. I mean, well, they'll say that he was fully homosexual, that he was living a lie, et cetera, et cetera. But, but hear me out. I'm, I'm simply saying that they, you know, if, if that man simply wanted to say, look, I want to just try it once in a blue moon because I... It's just a fantasy I have and I just feel I need to fulfill it, but it's not an everyday thing. It's I just can't stand the idea of having a uh let's say a boyfriend or a husband. That's not who I am, but I do want to have a little fling once in a while. They will they will push you to say, Are you sure about that, John? Maybe you I I think you really are homosexual. I think you really need to evaluate this. And they'll tell him that he's homosexual over and over again. That if he has these these uh moments of flights of fancy, then then Almost assuredly, he is homosexual. There is no such thing as bisexuality or even the spectrum that they claimed to have existed.
1: And what's so interesting about what you just said is if the messaging like that were from the non-homosexual community, it would be labeled homophobia. Totally. Unbelievable homophobia. Oh, let's just take a, a Larry Craig a politician, you know, a Republican politician who goes and does something in a men's room. Right. Right. Right, right. He's not just some guy who is acting out a little fantasy. He's a full-blown... Right. 100% gay guy. Right. And forget his wife, family, lifestyle, public persona, etc. He's gay. Right. And then it's also... It works in reverse. Like you just said, if you have a gay guy... And he has a fling with a woman. He's never considered a homosexual for the one. Fl- I mean, a heterosexual for the one fling. He's gay anyway, and they'll even call that a mistake of judgment or something. Right. It's, right. It's amazing. I think the point we're getting to here is it's a for for the left that always tells us not to be judgmental or not to be hypercritical. The amount of hypercriticalness and judgmentalness that comes out of them is just unbelievable.
0: Yeah. It's. It's the uh, the the fact that they never even ask the question. Well, how does it apply? in the opposite is uh, what we talked about: how liberals don't really think things through. And uh, and I don't mean this about all liberals. For example, the the liberal I was telling you about, my distant cousin, he himself had said exactly the points that we were making. Like this is an infringement on liberty, and how do you say no to one aspect of of homosexuality, but then say yes to the heterosexual part of it or vice versa. Uh, so he saw the dichotomy. But so many liberals don't see this dichotomy. They don't think about the flip of the equation. I mean, w- when you go to, when you go to uh, elementary school, you learn that uh, A equals B plus C, right? And then you learn that, by definition, um, A minus C equals B. As you flip the C over to the other side of the equation, right? Or vice versa with the B. The so equation balances out. It has to balance out. And likewise, in these mainstream issues that we're bringing out, I mean, these, these, the discussions of the day, whether it's gay marriage or otherwise, we have to ask what's on the other side of that equation. Does it work? Does it balance, right? I mean, if we talk about pH balance, right? What is pH balance? you got acidic and base. And if you ever have a pool, you know you have to balance the two things. They have to work together somehow. And uh, there needs to be a balancing of this. If the if the equation only works on one side, then it, it, because it's PC for whatever reason, and it would be considered hostile on the other side, well, perhaps perhaps your equation doesn't work. Maybe you've got to recheck your math, as it were, or, or do something with that pool so that it makes it balanced. But they're not... They're not doing that. This is, and it's so obvious, right? I mean, you have, it's so clear, clear as day, that they have not thought this through. We gave the examples uh, on somewhat of a related issue, Ari, I think on a previous podcast. You remember this thing about the baker in Colorado who was forced to provide baking services? I, I don't know if this, the state required him to do it or whether a court required him to do it, but it doesn't matter. There was the force of law was imposed upon him to provide baking services for a celebration that he did not want to participate in. Period. And all the liberal pundits are clapping their hands like How seals. How great this is. This is, one, this is a... This this will learn them. This will learn them real good because we, we will not uh, tolerate intolerance, as it were. And uh, that's the only thing they're all... And they'll say these cute lines like, the only thing we don't tolerate is intolerance itself. So... Okay, fine, now you've got this great quip line. And then you ask the basic question. Well, does it apply in every other contest, too? Are you going to force clergy now to perform gay marriages? Are you, I mean, that's the, that's the ultimate question.
1: Are you going to force a Jewish baker to provide a cake for a Nazi marriage?
0: Yeah. Or an atheist, as we said in, in my Sunday show, an atheist photographer to provide ph- photographic services at a Jewish bris. Because he's so against God... And not only that, but he thinks that the circumcision right is, is mutilation of the body. And, uh, and so he, he's, he's got moral um, indignation about the whole thing, and he refuses. Well, wait a minute. So if, if we're required, if a baker is required to provide services for a, a gay ceremony celebration, why isn't the atheist required to perform services at a Jewish bris? Okay, T- tell me the difference. And why isn't the clergy, whether it's an imam, a priest, a reverend, or a rabbi, required to perform gay marriages? and that's what terrifies me because here it's so fast. talk about the, the throwing away of liberty. you know we have a word for that, um, and the word is called i don't don't uh, don't jump in, I'm thinking about it. it's called. It's a very complex word. Oh, it's, that's right. It's called slavery. Have you heard of it? Is yeah. It... <laughs>
1: yeah, I think we learned about that. Yeah. Christopher Columbus helped, kept the slaves. That's right, yeah. And, and all the founding fathers, the, the, you
0: know, the, yeah, the kind he, of people Columbus that the founding fathers... Columbus
1: brought the slaves to the founding fathers. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> anyway, <so laughs> I learned that in public school. It's
0: a question of liberty, right? I mean, you, you, can you imagine being forced to do uh, you, you, all in the name of tolerance? You know, so... But this baker, he, he would be very right to say, hell no, um, I don't care. I, I've got my prejudices, but I don't have to provide services to anybody. End of story. And and if you're going to make me do this, then you should make the rabbi and the priest and the clergy do all the things that they do. And by the way, we will make you atheists do things that you don't want to do, and we'll make uh, you know Protestants have to convert people. It'll be all sorts of crazy things that are going on here. And, there, and it's a perfectly legitimate perfectly legitimate. Well, yeah. One of the most important things that
1: I see in society is the freedom to keep everything above board and accountable. Yeah. And the more, and the, the clearest example of this is like drug laws. drug And not to get into a whole argument about their their use, but what drug laws do is they force all drug transactions essentially underground. And they remove accountability from it. If you were to buy bad drugs, there is no way you can go to a drug dealer and say, hey, if you don't give me my money back, I'm going to go to the Better Business Bureau. Right. And that may be enough of a reason to repeal drug laws. It may not. That's not really the point. But the bottom line is it forces the entire transaction underground. So imagine this baker. Is he now going to just turn his business over into an all-cash business, run out of his own kitchen at home? Is he going to stop paying taxes now but derive the same revenue Because people reputationally know about the quality of the cakes he bakes and he'll still bake them? In other words, it incentivizes everyone to just go underground. And well, the more that that happens, the more society loses
0: out on both tax revenue, the accountability, well, the it,
1: quality it, assurance, everything.
0: Yeah. Well, look, when you, when you start legislating what people think and what their purposes are, Um, then you've really got some problems because it it runs afoul of the very law of uh, capitalism. And capitalism is indeed race blind, color blind. It should be um, sexual orientation blind. It should be gender blind and all those things. I don't give a crap uh, regarding who provides, let's say, social media services to me. Or provide. You don't. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I don't care about the color of your skin. I don't care about what your religion is. I don't care if you're a woman. I don't care what your orientation is. I I, you care uh,
1: about my winning personality and the quality of the service I give.
0: That's (laughs) well, it's it's, it's, it's nice to enjoy your company. Uh, But let let me tell you, there's there's a a gentleman uh, that works with us. He's a vendor uh, who is um, gay. He does some computer work for us. He helps out, and he's fantastic. Uh, he's he's re- he knows what he's doing. Uh he can instantly diagnose stuff right and left. Uh, I I'm very fond of him. And it happens to be he's a conservative. I really enjoy his company. We we hang out, we talk about, you know, it's it, we talk about the issues of the day, conservative issues, uh, Afghanistan, what happened and all those things with this uh crazy um traitor and such. And we'll talk about that and like we'll spend more time talking about that than his work <laughs> that he needs to do around the office. So what do you know we couldn't, you and I couldn't care less about those various different things. We just want the best in there. And this is one of the problems um, that happens when you try to get into people's minds as to why they decided not to provide services to X person. Now, you know, people always want to make the equation of that. Well, surely, Barack, you would not tolerate uh, a white business owner refusing to provide Baking services, uh, to use an example, to black customers just because they're black. Okay. First of all, of course, that, that that ain't right. Okay. But anybody who does refuse to provide services to black customers is first and foremost a moron. You, you, why are you kissing away money that you would otherwise be able to obtain? I mean, it, it, it literally, like every client of mine that comes into this office... Um, they, they represent a very significant potential of money for the firm. Uh, we may very well get a huge payout on a case or it may turn out to be a, a defense of a case, which means, again, a lot of money for us. And depending on the result, um, we can have a huge bonus and a huge party for the firm. And, and that can in turn lead to other cases that they're so happy with our, our work that they'll refer more work to us. Why would I piss that away? That opportunity, it, it's just crazy. It, it, it violates every sense, every sense of capitalism. Every sense. And, um, but, but no, the state of Colorado wants to get into your mind and decide what you're actually thinking. So here's what's going to happen. And you, you, you gave very good examples of how it'll go underground. But even before that, Ari, uh, and by the way, this baker decided he's simply going to close up shop. He doesn't want to do it anymore. So guess what? One less bakery. Okay, so you can argue that's his problem, let his uh, you know, anti-gay uh, approach to life uh, be his undoing, fine. But there'll be other people like that, and there are other people who may be smarter about it. As one liberal friend of mine said, why didn't he just simply say that he's too busy and he can't do that? So that they couldn't tag him with being anti-gay. Okay, so that's what you'll get. You'll get a lot of people saying, "Oh, I'd love to do this, but by golly, I'm just so busy."
1: There are so few bakers in the sector anymore because yes, of all the ones who left the. But business. I have a
0: great uh, <laughs> baker right there. He he can help you, and uh, you know, have a good day, right? So so then what happens, right? So then they're still going to think that you're anti-gay because what they'll find out because they'll they'll send the attorneys to troll the city, and spy on you. They'll find out that. Every time a gay person sought your services, that you refused to provide services to them. And that by golly, every time a heterosexual couple or person sought your services, you somehow managed to find a way to provide services to them. So then they're going to do this study, you see, to show that more often than not, you rejected gay people and and such like that. It'll be one of those indicia patterns of, of conduct that you see now in affirmative action and racism laws. Oh, that's that's just great. That that was a very successful operation. That was not at all unproductive to our society. That was not at all a, a, a new McCarthyism. You see what I'm getting at? Yeah. yeah.
1: Enforcement by 2020, 60 minutes, and dateline dateline NBC yeah. reporters working undercover.
0: This is the way we're gonna deal deal yeah. with it, folks. You know, is this a society we want? And 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 it just goes on and on like this because it, it won't stop here. We always said this. You and I have said this. It does not stop here. And, and we said it with regard to, is this the end of marriage, the, the issues regarding marriage?
1: The argument right. about, the argument will about it, it be settled? I, yes. Yeah,
0: will it be settled? Is this you know, Now that we, now we finally opened up the last door, so sort to of speak, about marriage, and we discovered right away, of course, how quickly we were right about this. We thought it would be much further on down the road, but now we have already polygamous marriages, we have marriages with your dog, and uh, soon enough marriages with your uh, relatives and And people will expect it to be uh, embraced and, and honored.
1: And now marriages with inanimate objects
0: like computers. yeah, why and not mannequins? Why not? Um, it, really, why not? And, and no one's getting hurt in that situation, right? I mean, you can argue that it, it makes a mockery of marriage for sure, but how does it hurt your marriage, sir? How does it hurt you anyway I have nothing to
1: say <laughs> 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 you, okay. Well, so, so, you. No, the Yeah, you're absolutely
0: right yeah.
1: about. It. you're absolutely yeah. right, and and that's why you know we were talking offline earlier. I made the statement that if you look at liberalism, all it does is destroy. It's destructive. It's rooted in destructive critical theory, and many of its practitioners or adherents have no idea that it's geared just to destroy. Yeah, they but don't it think. Is. They
0: don't think of it as a destructive thing, and and, and you're right, uh, but but. They always they destroy the name of progressivism. So, for example, they're destroying the Boy Scout. I mean, Dennis Prager talks about this at length. Um, they destroy the Boy Scouts in the name of uh, progressivism. That they should allow anybody who's gay, and soon it will be all co and because you know there, there's a big fight about you know whether boys should be doing their own things. It's great when girls can do their own schools and everything else, but boys having their own schools, so there's something wrong with that. You understand? Um, and that's one of the by the way that 's one of the issues I have in los angeles you know we we would I would love to send my my boys to an all boys school. I think it's just great uh, there are literally no options here in Los Angeles other yeah, than military military school. school uh there are three count them, three all girls school that are very good here in los angeles that that are reasonably close to where we live and uh but that's another story Glad I have daughters. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> but they're all they're all good too. They're all really good schools. Anyway, I I digress. The the point is that look how fast the issues have changed. We talked before about making our predictions and the only place where we've ever gone wrong is how quickly the predictions happen. We we tend to be much more uh uh conservative in our approach in terms of like okay, it'll happen 30 years from now, right? But wow. instead it happens Five years from now.
1: Yeah, just official show note from the official show Observer here. All of our predictions will now be accelerated to on a time screen of seven minutes past the last utterance of the predictor. <laughs> that's true. Set, a sentence that would be a paragraph.
0: Yeah, that's right. Seven <laughs> minutes from now, this will happen. That's right. That's right. It just happened last podcast. By the time you're hearing this podcast, <laughs> right. it's, it's happened. happened. <laughs> anyway, but, but the thing how quickly this happened. So, so you know, just a year ago, we were still hotly debating gay marriage. Okay, so we debated it and debated it, and now it seems to be the law of the land. It seems to be a tide that's impossible to stop. It's not as if we're ever going to go back. Uh, maybe we will, maybe we won't, uh, but I don't think California, for example, is now going to be a state that does not recognize gay marriages. It's, it's there, it's going to be there forever now. Whether that's good or bad is another issue. But nevertheless, that's the tide. Okay, so, so we dealt with that issue. And we said, well, what's going to, how do we, you know, what happens when people don't want to support gay marriage? Well, we said that they're going to force them to start, force, to, to, to do this gay marriage. It'll be a new McCarthyism. And we said, well, that's like 10 years from now. All right, here we are. <laughs> that was very fast. All within one year. And what's next? I, and I, I and here's my prediction. This is an easy one, I think. Uh, but I say with great reluctance, within two years there will be a clamoring for this or that clergy to perform same-sex marriages.
1: I think that is going to happen so fast it'll make your head spin and the penalties will be, churches will lose their tax exempt status or religious institution tax exempts, exemptions will be attacked and uh, that's going to happen lickety-split. It's the ultimate uh, full-frontal attack on religion. And here's a prediction that will not happen. I predict that no Muslim religious institution will ever be forced to participate right. in this. Oh, these. you think?
0: I, I agree. I, I, I mean, I'm, I'm saying with a smile because you're, you're of course, right. They, they w- they'd never hold um, – they, they, they challenged the, the Muslim world with such temerity, such gingerness – Is that a, that's a word – uh, so lightly. Kit gloves. Kit gloves, as it were. Feather duster. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, and they just, they laud and, and I think of all the beauty of of Islam, whereas when it comes to Christianity, they can't wait to talk about how horrible it's been. Never mind that it's done nothing. Uh, anything on the scale that Islam is doing right today. You know, whatever Christianity did in the past, i.e. only the Crusades and you know, whenever that happened, uh, and, and we know that that's a long time ago, there was nothing on the order of what Islam has done uh, on a terrorism level. There was no terrorism among the Christians, right? I mean, you, the, the, historically or present day or ever, you would never associate Christianity with a terrorist group, right? Islam, when you think of terrorism, you think of Muslim fanatics, that's not to say that all Muslims are, are, are fanatics or terrorists. But when you think of terrorists today, you think Muslim fanatics, correct? So there's just no comparison. And, and they um, – but they will – because they know that, that anything they say against Islam will be uh, – will, will come with such a backlash, they are so cautious in how they speak. Even in this podcast, I find myself a little bit cautious. But when it comes to Christianity, because they know that the Christians don't fight back, that you can mock them in the most horrific way, uh, even to the, to the point of putting uh, artwork in, in a very contemptu- uh, contemptuous way with Jesus in a, in a crucifix on, on a, in, a, in a bowl of urine. right? That's, that's not only acceptable, but it's considered the height of art. Can you imagine if they did that with, with uh, an image of Muhammad? Can you imagine?
1: Oh, forget the urine and the bowl. Just drawing the image of Muhammad Just would drawing be enough.
0: It. The the very notion would lead to riots in the street, and then you know all the media would have to apologize. This is so insensitive, and uh, yes, it's not so great that they engage in a riot, but we are partly to blame. And uh, this is what even with the the, the alleged video that allegedly uh, started the whole Benghazi riot, the spontaneous explosion of riot. You know they. The, the whole administration went after—I put that in quotes—the uh, the the man who made the video because he's responsible. You understand? He it, right? killed those four people. Yeah, that's right. And we don't worry, ma'am. We will find who this man—you know—find this man and and hold him responsible. As if somehow he's, he he committed arson. You know, it's it's the lighting of the match that created all the arson, right? You would you would, and and this forest fire. Never mind that that's not. There's no comparison to that. Uh, these people who committed these horrible atrocities were the ones who were responsible for it. Making a video that's contemptuous of uh, Islam—you're uh, you, not responsible for that.
1: It's okay. like blaming the uh, forest fire on the restaurant that had matchbooks near the toothpicks.
0: Yeah, that, that's that's, yeah, that's right. That is exactly right. Um, but but if they but if they did the same thing, uh, mocking Christianity. It would be the height of art and the height of the First Amendment. And everything would be invoked beautifully. Anyway, you get the idea. And, and I, I just see us, you know, you know, tripsing along in a very dangerous way. And we'll all wonder uh, how we got to this point. That's the concern. Well, we won't. We, we won't. won't. <laughs> yeah. We'll, we'll. You and I, we, we've been yeah. telling you this is how it's going. Right. There's the path. Well, the, One of the movies I loved very much is, I think it was the movie The Patriot. Uh, with Mel Gibson, do you remember this? It was a long time ago. It wasn't one of the better films, but it was it was enjoyable, I liked it. And one of the things that always resonated in the back, you see General Howe at the end of the movie, it's the end of the war, the Revolutionary War, and you see the um, the Battle of Yorktown, and Yorktown is kind of, it's, they're losing the battle, and the battle has been lost now. And and Howe, I believe it's Howe, is, is looking to... The, the flames in Yorktown, and wondering aloud to himself, how did it come to this? How? Right? And it's, it's so interesting because, you know, we all know how it came. to be. The reason why is there was a momentum for freedom, and George Washington made some good moves, but he found a way of, of you, know, you know, taking a small attacks here and there and, and eventually developing a relationship with France. We, we know how it happened and will we be like that at the end of the, at the end of the day when we are in our 80s when we no longer really feel free to say the things we want to say or to do the things that we really want to do or believe in the things that we really want to believe will we ask that same question and and if we do let's not get there let's avoid that scenario let's let's make sure that we never get to that position because I don't want to I, I know how we got here it'll be slow in, in ways that we can't imagine right now but that we can see easily at the same time it's these little liberties that are taken away from us in the name of not offending somebody in the name of tolerance in the name of fear that's how we lose our liberty step by step Anyway, this is Brooke Lurie. This has been the Brooke Lurie Podcast. Thanks so much for listening. We'll talk to you next time. You can be the stone.